In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Today's our third sermon in a series of sermons for Christmas week. And as we ended the last two sermons with the reminder of that beautiful verse that comes from the Synaxarian of Christmas Day, Orthros, I will start today's sermon once again with that verse to remind us precisely why we celebrate this great feast. The child born is God and the mother a virgin. What greater marvel has appeared in creation? On the 25th, Mary the Virgin gave birth to God. In the Katavasia of the canon of Christmas morning, we hear these beautiful verses. Yesterday, I spent time with the first and the third ode, and today I would like to share a few others of those odes from the double canon of Christmas morning. In the fourth ode, the second canon and the fourth ode, we hear these words. In his song of old, the prophet Habakkuk foretold of the restoration of all the race of mortals, having been vouchsafed to see its type past all telling. What a beautiful verse. In his song of old, the prophet Habakkuk foretold of the restoration of all the race of mortals. Mankind has been restored. In this birth of the child in the cave in Bethlehem, man who was broken, who was literally destroyed, whose image and likeness in God had become shattered, has been restored in the coming and the birth of this child. And it goes on to say in the fifth ode of the first canon, since thou art the God of peace and the Father of mercies, thou hast sent thine angel of great counsel granting us peace before, before the birth of this Christ child. There was not peace between man and God. God had cast man out of paradise into this world, but God did it out of his mercy and out of his love that man might have a chance to be restored, or as the theology says, to be regenerated. And we heard that in the prophecy of Habakkuk. But it goes on to say that the angel of great counsel granting us peace, wherefore having been guided to the light of divine knowledge and watching by night, we glorify thee, O friend of man. And friend has a capital F, meaning God. That God has now become our friend. Christ said to us, I no longer call you my servants, but I call you my friend. No greater Christmas gift could we receive than that God takes us and adopts us as his children and calls us his friend since he fashioned and created Adam to become just like him. That which was broken in paradise by Adam's rejection of God has been restored by the birth of this Christ child. 
We then hear in the seventh ode of the first canon, scorning the impious decree, the children, also known as the three holy youth, brought up in godliness, feared not the threat of fire, but standing in the midst of the flames that they were cast into, chanted, O God of our fathers, blessed art thou. Art thou. Who are these three holy children? Why were they singing in the midst of the furnace? And why does it matter on this feast? Why has the church chosen these three holy youths to spend several of the odes on them in this Christmas Day canon? The three holy youths are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were among the Hebrews who were sent into captivity in Babylon. They were led out in slavery from Israel to Babylon in captivity. And we hear of those three holy children that because of their faith, they refused to worship the golden idol created by King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar commanded that everyone in his kingdom, that when they heard the trumpets and harps would fall down on the ground and worship the idol which he had made. These three holy children who knew the faith of their fathers and who knew God refused to worship this idol and the threat of King Nebuchadnezzar to throw them into the furnace and burn them if they did not worship this idol went unheeded. The three youths said we would rather be cast into the furnace and be burned alive than to reject the living God. And so King Nebuchadnezzar had a great fire built and he threw the three holy youth in that fire. And he heard that they were dancing in the midst of the flames and singing. And more and more we read in the book of Daniel that King Nebuchadnezzar commanded that the fire be made greater and greater. And the greater that fire became, the more they walked about in the flames. And we read in the book of Daniel that they prayed and sang. They sang in the midst of the flames so much that King Nebuchadnezzar became even more furious. And the fire was built so big that the servants who were building that fire were burnt alive as they were trying to keep the fire going. And we hear that the first, Azariah or Abednego, prays this prayer in the midst of that furnace. Blessed are you, O God of our fathers, and worthy of praise is your name is glorified forever. For you are just in all you have done to us, and all your works are true, and your ways are right, and all your judgments are truth. From Daniel chapter 3, verse 26 through 27. Listen to those beautiful words of that prayer as they are cast into that fire to be burned alive, that their faith is so deep that they sing out to God, Blessed are you, O God, of our fathers. No matter what the world did to them, no matter what threat they were under, they didn't abandon the faith of their fathers. They remained faithful to God. These are remarkable words for righteous men for whom their king cast them into a burning fur furnace for their unwillingness to worship the golden idol that he had made.
We should look at our own world. How many golden idols do we have before us every day that take us away from the true worship of the living God? The prayer of Abednego reads, this prayer leads to these beautiful words for us and for all creation. Bless the Lord. Sing praise to him and highly exalt him forever. We hear that beautiful hymn as it's sung in the Orthro service and the verses that go with it. And we read in the book of Daniel that because of the faith of the three holy youth, the flames seemed to them as dew, and they were not harmed, which, as I said earlier, cannot be said for the guards who cast them into that fire and who kept the fire going because they were consumed by those very flames. In the eighth ode of the first canon, we hear the furnace moist with dew was the image and figure of a wonder past nature. And here is the tie-in with this great feast. For it burned not the youths whom it had received, even as the fire of the Godhead consumed not the virgin's womb whom it had received. Listen to those beautiful words. You remember the burning bush when Moses came upon it and heard God speaking in that burning bush. He marveled because that bush was aflame and fire, and yet it was not consumed. The three holy youths also prefigure the Theotokos, just as that burning bush did. For the three holy youths were cast into the fire and yet not burned. But the Theotokos, the only one in all of human history who was pure enough to bear the Christ child, to bear God himself in her womb, was not consumed. And this is the great marvel of the Theotokos that she, amongst all women throughout all of human history, could bear God for us. And the beautiful hymns of that authoress that I shared in the first sermon in this series, I read how the earth offered a cave, but we as humankind offer the Virgin Mary. We offer her to God as a temple for him in the flesh. And so we hear, even as the fire of the Godhead consumed not the virgin's womb into which it had descended, wherefore in praise let us sing, let all creation bless the Lord and supremely exalt him unto all ages. And virtually every Orthros canon, just before we come to the eighth ode, we sing this hymn, we praise, we bless, and we worship the Lord. And in that eighth ode of the second canon, we hear, midst the, in the midst of the flames unburned, the old covenant children figure forth the womb of the virginal maiden, which remaining sealed, doth conceive beyond nature, for working both by the same wondrous power, grace does wisely rouse the people unto praises. That should be our response as we hear these beautiful hymns of Christmas and we realize what God has done for us and we understand the purity and the willingness of Mary to be our offering to God, we should sing praises to God 
and give thanks for all the wondrous things done for us as we heard in yesterday's sermon so that we might be saved, so that we might gain salvation. May this Christmas be a source of refreshment, a source of regeneration, a source of joy and a source of life to all of us. Amen.